Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Let's Keep It Simple podcast, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2. So this podcast is going to work a little bit differently than other podcasts. This is actually the first podcast that I'm not scripting, so tell me if you like it, tell me how it went for you, and you know, tell me if you enjoy this structure in general. So basically what I'm going to be doing today is walking you through how the SAT works, um, what my experience was the, with the SAT was, and you know the best way to prepare for the SAT and succeed on the SAT. So I really hope you like this podcast. Um, I'm expecting it to be a little bit longer than the typical podcast, which is around 5 to 10 minutes. However, I hope you stick around for the whole thing. Enjoy! Okay, so let's get started with the SAT structure. So the SAT is always going to be on a Saturday, countrywide, nationwide, um, across the entire world, um, except for a few except uh, sorry, except for a few exceptions, which may be on a Sunday. Um, but for the most part, it's going to be at a Saturday on a Saturday. It's going to start at 8 a.m. for everybody, so you need to be there at 8 a.m. sharp. And we'll talk about what materials you're going to need for the SAT in just a bit. For now, let's get into the brief structure of the SAT. So section one of the SAT is your reading structure. Again, I'm going to talk more about uh, is your reading um, part of the SAT. Again, I'm going to talk more about these structures um, later. I just want to give a brief overview for now. So your reading part is going to consist of 52 questions and you're given 65 minutes to do that. After you do the reading section, you're going to get a 10 minute break where you can basically um, have a snack if you're hungry or you can get up and stretch, use the bathroom, do whatever you need to. After that 10 minute break, you start the writing and language section oh, where you basically get 44 minutes for 35 questions. And then you have the math section. So this is the math no calculator section, which is 20 questions in 25 minutes. And then you get another five minute break where you can you know, also get up, stretch, eat, use the bathroom. And then the last section is going to be the math calculator section where you get 38 questions and you have 55 minutes to do that. At this point, you can leave if you want to, um, but you can also, again, this is completely optional, you can also stay for the essay. So the essay, um, for the essay section, you're basically going to get a prompt and you'll have 50 minutes to basically respond to that prompt and write out a whole five paragraph essay. So that's basically the overview. Okay, now let's dive a little bit um, deeper into each of the individual sections. So let's start with the reading section. Now, in this reading section, you're basically going to get five um, pa uh, passages, five readings, and you're going to have about 10 to 15 questions to answer for each individual reading. So with these 10 to 15 questions, you're basically going to ask an um, answer questions like, um, what does this word mean in the context of the passage? Or what's the main idea of the passage? Or, you know... Um, what do you think the author is trying to convey with these words or things like that? Um, and that's really the whole essence of this thing. So what are some of the passages going to be? So you might have um, one of the passages that definitely tends to show up on the SAT is where you have one passage and then you have another passage. And there will be some questions where you basically need to compare and contrast the points of views of both passages. Um, there'll be a like hardcore literature passage. There'll usually be a historical passage in there from that has you know really weird language from um, many years ago, and then you'll also have some kind of scientific passage where you'll have like perhaps like a data table or a graph that you need to analyze. 
So then you have the writing and grammar section, or the writing and language section, excuse me. In this section, you basically need to know your grammar. So it's basically going to um, underline a certain part of a sentence and say, hey, what needs to be changed about this part of the sentence? Do you, you need to add a period here? Should you have a semicolon here instead of a comma? And you basically need to correct that. And there's also an option where you can say like, no, that's, that's good, no change. Um, there's also things like, sh um, should these sentences be rearranged to, you know, uh, how should these sentences be arranged to be the most logical and questions like that. 44 minutes and 35, uh, sorry, 44 questions and 35 minutes sounds a bit tight per se, but actually you'll get it done because the questions go by super quickly. They don't require a lot of thinking and like rereading as the reading section does. So you shouldn't have too much trouble with this section. So now you have the math no calculator section. So the math no calculator section and the math calculator section are a bit similar. In the math calculator sections, or sorry, in the math sections in general, um, you're going to be doing a lot of algebra. However, the algebra questions are going to be very real-world scenario-based, and they're going to be a lot of confusing word problems where the questions will basically be, um, it'll be really wordy, and the words will be, oh, this keeps falling, the words will be arranged in really weird ways to basically trip you up and to basically make you um, second-guess yourself. However, the essence of the problem is really rooted in concepts that you probably learned in 8th, ninth, 10th grade. They aren't too hard. Um, most of this is going to be, um, uh, quick note, there's also going to be a lot of analyzing charts and graphs, so you definitely need to know that. Um, and, you know, there really isn't that much geometry on this test, so I wouldn't say really focus on geometry that much. So that's basically that. Okay, so now let's talk about the best ways to sort of prep for the SAT. So um, a really, um, a resource that a lot of people like to go towards is Khan Academy. And here are some pros to Khan Academy, first of all. I'm gonna get into why I don't recommend Khan Academy in just a little bit, but I'll talk about the pros um, just for a second. So first of all, Khan Academy is free. That's a big one. A lot of SAT uh, prep books are obviously going to cost you money, um, money, and a lot of them can be really, really expensive, like upwards of $30, $40, If you want to take an in-person course, that can be thousands of dollars. If you want to take an online course, that could also be thousands of dollars. And, you know, Khan Academy is the only free resource out there. And if you really don't have the budget to sort of go after all these things, I would say that Khan Academy is an, it's an okay resource. It's not a bad resource. However, I don't love it. And I'm about to get into why I don't love it in just a bit. So what Khan Academy doesn't do right is, for one, it does have a lot of practice. I'm going to give that to it too. There's a lot of sort of practice questions on everything you need to know, specifically for the math section. But what it doesn't do in the math section is it doesn't teach these concepts. So for example, if you're a ninth grader and you want to start studying for the SAT, you probably don't know some of the material on the SAT yet because you haven't learned it yet. Maybe you'll learn it in um, upcoming grades. And in that way, Khan Academy doesn't really, the Khan Academy SAT section doesn't really teach you these concepts. It kind of just offers a lot of practice questions on this topic. So if you're not familiar with the topic, the practice questions are kind of useless because you have no idea how to do them. There are like two videos on them, but they don't really do a good job of explaining. They kind of just go through a practice problem. And a lot of the times the practice problem they do in the video doesn't really 
mimic the practice problems that are going to be on the SAT. But that's a math section. The reading section is really, first of all, the writing and language section of this um, English section is way too easy for what the SAT is really like. Um, I think the reading section has a lot of helpful practice, but again, it doesn't really help you to, you know, it doesn't really give you good strategies on how to sort of approach the reading section. It kind of just, you kind of see this guy in a video kind of work through a problem, but it's not really helping you in that way. So that's why I don't really recommend Khan Academy. However, if you know all the topics and you're familiar with everything, you just need, you know, lots of practice for um, the SAT, sure, go to Khan Academy. It has lots of practice. Um, it has personalized practice based on if you took um, an SAT test online with Khan Academy. They have like, I think, 10 practice tests that you can take on there. And then with that practice test, a good thing that they do um, moving past the bad things is they actually give you like an, an basically an analysis of the practice test where they're going to show you like, hey, what did you get wrong in this practice test? What did you get right on this practice test? We're going to say that you're not going to do the things that you got right on the practice test. Um, and let's focus on the things you got wrong. So in that way, it's good. But then again, if you got something wrong, you probably don't know that thing or you probably aren't familiar with that thing. And so then that's where the problem comes where you, where Khan Academy is basically doesn't teach you it. So I think Khan Academy is not the best resource. However, if you just need to practice, I think it's a good resource. Um, so now we're going to get into some resources that I think are good for the SAT. So a resource that I really recommend for the SAT would be in general, just prep books. I think prep books are extremely um, helpful if you can afford them. And the prep book that I really recommend is the Princeton Review Cracking the SAT um, Premium 2020 Edition. Um, and I absolutely love this book. I think it's extremely helpful for a lot of reasons. First of all, it not only gives you practice on material, but it actually teaches you the material. So you're really getting to know the material and understand the material. And then it basically gives you like a drill of the material and a that kind of helps to solidify that material in your brain. It also comes with eight full length practice tests. So you'll have lots of um, practice material in here as well as material for learning if in case you're, you know, dusty on a concept or you just don't know a concept at all. I think it does a pretty good job at explaining. And in addition to explaining each concept sort of in depth, I think it also, um, just as a side note, does a really good job with the reading section. Um, it gives you kind of helpful strategies on how to approach passages, how to approach every single question on the reading test. I think all in all, it's a great test. Uh, all, sorry, all in all, it's a great prep book. The prep book that I'm not going to recommend is actually the official SAT study guide that the College Board sort of has. And the reason that I don't, I wouldn't recommend this book is sort of like how, um, sort of like Khan Academy, the problem that I had with Khan Academy. This prep book is full with, uh, is great for practice material. It has eight official full-length practice tests, which is, you know, a good thing. I appreciate that. However, it doesn't have material where it teaches you the material, you know? So just like Khan Academy, you're not learning the material, but there's lots of practice in there. However, this SAT Premium 2020 edition um, by Princeton Review also has eight full-length practice tests, and it 
additionally teaches you the material. So I would choose this over that because it has the benefits of that, but it also has the teaching material. So this is a book I would go with. Um, and that's how I would sort of study for this test. So what is the experience like on test day? Well, that's a really, really good question. Um, so basically how test day works is you wake up and you come into this test center. You should plan to arrive there at about um, 7.40. And what you should definitely bring with you is a water bottle because you're going to be in that um, SAT room. You're going to be taking this SAT for... It can be upwards of four hours. I'll talk about that later. Um, so you're going to want to bring a water bottle. You're going to want to bring snacks because you're definitely going to get hungry. and Your brain is going to you know, need to refuel with some snacks. You're going to want to bring a calculator, your testing ticket, your test, uh, your some sort of ID. And what you shouldn't bring is a cell phone because your score can get canceled and you can, you know, get kicked out if you bring your cell phone into the test. So either leave your cell phone at home completely or, you know, keep it in a backpack um, outside the testing room. Just do not bring it into the testing room at all. So you're going to walk into the testing center and basically you're going to be assigned to a room with a bunch of other people. And at eight o'clock sharp, the test will start, but the test doesn't actually start. So it takes about half an hour to anywhere to, you know, up to one and a half hours, depending on how things go, to basically get everything set up. So the proctor is going to basically um, give you like a little bubble sheet where you're gonna fill out your information. Um, you, The proctor is going to read the questions about uh, is going to read the instructions for the test, and there's going to be a whole setup process before the test actually starts. If this whole thing would start at 8 o'clock, then the test would actually start at around, you know, my test started at about 8.45. So expect that to happen. So you're going to test and you're going to test, and you'll keep testing, and at the end of your test, if you don't choose to do the essay section, there may be a chance that you have like a additional experimental section where they have like these experimental questions that they're trying out. So that would add like an extra 25 minutes to your test. And you'll usually finish your test at around noontime, at around noon, maybe a little past that, depending on how things go. So overall, the test is exhausting. It's definitely a lot. And as soon as you finish doing your SAT, you're going to feel like, you know, it's crazy. So the day, uh, the morning before the SAT, or first of all, the night before the SAT, I recommend getting lots of sleep. I recommend going to bed extra early because you're going to need it. And you should wake up, have a full breakfast, but not like too full that you're going to, you know, throw up. Um, and really just get prepared because it's long, it's tedious. And if you're someone who has trouble focusing for long periods of time, like me, it's definitely um, not the easiest. And to basically solve that focus problem and to basically get yourself in the mindset to take the SAT for four hours straight with like barely any breaks, I think that you should definitely sit down. I know it's painful and do a lot of full length practice tests. It's it's not fun to do them. However, it's really important. And if you really want to mimic the entire situation, you might want to, you know, wake up on an actual Saturday and wake up at like seven o'clock 
and start at eight o'clock and you know really just do the entire practice test not only is this good for basically um helping to like build that muscle of taking a test for four hours straight but if you take the practice test and i actually recommend taking the practice test on khan academy because it gives you a score right away as well as um analysis which i talked about earlier um, so if you take a practice test on Khan Academy, you'll actually, you know, know what your score is. So you'll know, you know, how well you're doing and where you stand. You know, if you end up scoring, like, on the first time, like, a really good score and you end up scoring what you want, maybe you don't need to practice that much. And maybe you don't need to study as much as you thought you needed to. Maybe if you're scoring super low, you need to study a little more. So it's a good, basically, benchmark, as well as helping you to build that muscle.